Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. Today we are breaking down Indiana's 35-21 loss to Michigan State and previewing Indiana's next game against Rutgers on Saturday at noon in Piscataway. Uh, Indiana is 3-1 and one, uh, heading into the Rutgers game after the loss on Saturday. That was certainly disappointing. We'll take a look at why that loss is such, so disappointing, why that loss really in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal, and what we have to look forward to as Indiana travels to Rutgers. And now we welcome in TJ. And TJ, how are you on this drizzly, rainy evening in Indianapolis? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, obviously, uh, looking forward to uh, turning the page to another week. I know it was a uh, just a very frustrating game, but overall, you, you just left feeling a bit uh, empty. Um, you know, it, it was uh, a really good opportunity, and I, I know we're going to have some uh, talking points surrounding that. And I just I want to point out that um, you know it's okay to feel disappointed about uh, Saturday night and, and be frustrated about the loss to Michigan State and about uh, some of the things that transpired. Um, I know I definitely am both of those things. Uh, it's okay to feel those things and also point out uh, the larger narrative, as you mentioned, uh, the larger narrative of the season um, and the opportunities Indiana still has laying in front of it. Um, the loss to Michigan State, while it was an opportunity missed, um, you know, I, I will continue to believe that IU, um, by and large, was uh, equal to Michigan State, with the exception of a couple of things. Um, you know, so it was a missed opportunity. It's very true. That being said, uh, losing that game does not take any of the goals off the table for the Hoosiers. Uh, so it's okay to be frustrated and disappointed, um, you know, and have some definite negatives to take from that game and still also recognize uh, the overall positive um, four-game starts the Hoosiers have had. Yeah, and, you know, I thought Indiana was going into that game playing with house money a little bit. Uh, and, you know, they weren't blown off the field by Michigan State. Now, uh, you could definitely tell the difference in in quarterback play and and, and other positions. But, you know, when, when the defense is playing, uh, you know, nine yards off the ball all night, it's very hard to, to run or get anything going. And, and I think you'll see – hopefully they open up the offense. I, I think it's more of a, a – limitations of who you have back there throwing the ball, you know, that's the disappointing part. It was that their receiver, our, uh, our Indians receivers aren't as good as Michigan State's or 
you know, their defensive back shutting them down all night. Uh, it, it was more of Indiana looked kind of scared to throw the ball downfield after that throw Reese Taylor that they missed and Michigan State did not respect that the threat of deep ball at all all night, which made it uh, impossible to to get any semblance of a run game going. And I, I was personally shocked that we did not see Michael Penix uh, play that game. The comment uh, by Tom Allen today at his press conference lead me to believe that they're going to try and redshirt him. And if he does not play this week at Rutgers, that's 100% the plan. And I think that's 100% the wrong plan. Uh, to do is to get uh, to, to try. You're worrying about 2021 uh, when Tom Allen and staff need to worry about 2018 and, and getting six wins. Now they they can six wins with Peyton Ramsey uh, if they go into Rutgers this weekend and win. Uh, then you you're heading to Ohio State four and one and and probably heading most likely heading into homecoming at four and two. Uh, which against Iowa, you're, you're sitting pretty, uh, and some other teams in the Big Ten uh, are dealing with some injury issues uh, later in the season that could creep up and, and hurt them and give IU a better chance at, at winning those games. But to me, this game, going 4-0, was just going to be an added bonus. It, it's kind of a lazy take to say it's the same old Hoosiers and they blew an opportunity and all that stuff. While it was a, a missed opportunity, uh, people are missing the forest for the trees uh, to, to just go after that old uh, lazy narrative. Uh, again, it was, it was a missed opportunity, but you know, you, you go into the season thinking maybe you could win one of the four of those uh, big four and, and go from there. So Indiana still has all their goals, uh, all their goals to play for ahead of them and, and going into Rutgers this week. I use a, I believe it's a 17 point favorite on the road, which is a historic uh, point spread for the Hoosiers in conference play going on the road. So we'll see how they bounce back. But, you know, I thought the defense against Michigan state was good enough uh, outside of that, you know, the one bust, which when you're playing with a third string hockey, it's going to be bound to happen. And, um, and we'll see where they go from there. You can't throw pick sixes against teams like that. Uh, you can't no. allow fake field goals that go for touchdowns uh, and, and things like that. That's 14 points right there. A third and 17, which they got 16 yards on, convert to fourth and one. That's another seven points. So it's not – I use not that far off. They weren't physically off the field where you go, well, they're just – you know, they don't belong on the same field at Michigan State. That's just simply not true. Uh, and and mm-hmm. we'll see where we, we go from there at, at Rutgers. So previewing this week, TJ, unless you have any more uh, gripes. Oh, one more gripe. Big Ten officials are absolutely laughably awful. No. Uh, oh <laughs> they are so bad. And it's it's not only IU. It's all the the perceived underdog teams in the conference uh, get consistently uh, bad calls go against them when they're playing these these ranked teams. And uh, I, I sat in the stands for a little bit of the, the Michigan State game uh, with some friends of mine when, when the camera broke. But, you know, it, it, when bringing up corruption and money calls and all that stuff, when, when it seems like that is a realistic possibility um, and, and not just a joke, 
it, that says it all that needs to be said about Big Ten officiating. I, I thought that uh, the targeting on Marcelino Ball, if that if that wasn't targeting against Peyton Ramsey earlier in the game, then yep. uh, you, you can't call that. I, I get the rule. I don't mind the rule. Uh, it's the enforcement of the rule that it's so uh, inconsistent. And uh, the fact that it, it went against IU is just, just seems like, you know, God forbid Michigan state loses two games in a row and they don't get, you know, a, a high rating when they play Michigan or Ohio state. That's what it, it seems like. There's also the pass interference call, a missed offensive pass interference call that led to another touchdown. Yep. It's, you know, the list goes on and we could do a, a whole series of podcasts on, on calls like against uh, some of these uh, lower tier teams in the Big Ten, uh, and it's, it's not just Indiana. It's not us being bitter. It's it, they they have to be better. It's a billion dollar industry. You have I, I get that they're trying hard and, and things like that, but you know, pay these guys a livable wage so they don't have to work four jobs. They're not overtired. They know the rules. They can enforce the rules. Uh, they don't have to work high school games and, you know, four games a week and things like that. Pay them a little wage, pay them full-time salaries, get them the training that they need to get the goddamn calls right on the field because it's getting annoying and it's it's, it's getting embarrassing uh, for the Big Ten. Yep. So that's my spiel on the, on the officials. Let's move over to Rutgers. Yep. Um, I, do, I, do have, in... yeah, I do have a couple of things to say about – I mean, I, I – concur and uh, echo your thoughts on the officials. Uh, and what's what's incredibly sad um, is that it's 100% um, it is not a surprise when those things happen. It's not like a, oh, I can't believe it. No, we can 100% believe it. We are expecting it to happen. And it, it's, it has to be so incredibly frustrating for the coaches uh, you know, whose livelihoods depend on the outcomes of these games, that, that what can they do? You know, if they go uh, publicly criticize the officials in any way, shape, or form in a press conference, um, you know, they're paying with their pocketbooks. And it's just a um, – it, it's a shame that, that – uh, look, Michigan State deserved to win that game. They made a couple of big plays that Indiana did not. That didn't – I'm not uh, blaming the officiating for the outcome of that game. Um, no, no, absolutely but, not. It's just I mean, annoying the, to watch yeah, the them calls blow calls over out. and over and over again. How, how many how many pick plays uh, get called on a on a weekly basis? And Indiana has an offensive touchdown taken back again the second time this year due to an offensive pass interference on a pick play. Um, I, I mean, clearly that's something Indiana uh, they they can't run that play again. They just can't because it, it's pretty clear that it, look was it offensive pass interference? I don't know. I don't know. I mean that that play gets run by every team in the country, and I I just refuse to believe that Indiana is that much worse at running it than anyone else, or that Donovan Hale uh, is that much you know as egregious in his pick if you will. I, I refuse to believe that. Uh, the pass interference on Raheem Lane was awful, completely terrible. 
Now, Indiana got the ball shortly after that, maybe even the next play, uh, and called and out the, you know, Karmic Justice if you want to. Yeah, yeah, call it Karmic Justice if you want to, but uh, that was a terrible call. And the officials don't know that IU's going to end up with the ball anyway. They don't know that. Uh, it was fortunate that it worked out that way. Um, but, you know, we'll move on from that. Like you said, there's no reason to, to get on here. And um, I mean, look, I have plenty of bitterness towards the officials to go around, but uh, we'll move on. Um, I saw a couple of different um, places that said, oh, you know, thank goodness L.J. Scott didn't play. Well, no, that's that's not true. L.J. Scott's inavail- or unavailability had absolutely nothing to do with that game. Uh, he wouldn't have helped their running game. He's played in their two games previously. He's played for three seasons previously. L.J. Scott is just not that good. Uh, Hayward, I think, is, at the very worst, equal as a player to L.J. Scott. Uh, I don't think it had any impact on the game. Uh, so I don't think him playing would have made a difference one way or the other. Um, and then the final point I'd like to make uh, you know, credit to Michigan State's defensive front because uh, they they really controlled that game. I thought IU's defensive front had a nice game as well, uh, and I thought the Hoosiers did a good job of generating pressure on Lewerke, uh and also, you know, um, blowing up uh, the running game for Michigan State for the most part. Uh, but Michigan State's defensive line and their linebackers were uh, really the standouts of that contest. Um Kudos to them. They dominated IU's offensive line, and uh, it, it really um, showed why they are one of the better defenses in the country. Uh, and then also a credit, out, a credit and a shout-out to Wap Fillier, who, despite not being 100% for the second half of that contest, uh, you know, Wap Fillier had a really nice game, and it was good to see him get that involved. Now, Indiana's got to find a way to get their bigger receivers – Nick Westbrook and uh, and Donovan Hale, and then Luke Timian, who didn't play, plus the tight ends. Uh, you know, IU's got some really big targets that just are not being utilized, and I think part of that is Peyton Ramsey's limitation to get the ball down the field, um, and part of it was that the Hoosiers' game plan was to get the ball to WAP, uh, and then to Jay Sean Harris as well, some uh, on the outside for quick hitters, which helps your offensive line some for sure by getting the ball out quickly. Uh, and, and you saw Wap Fillier being very successful, so it made sense to keep beating him. But, uh, you know, just a really good night for him, and it's good to see him uh, continuing to progress as a star in the making. So we'll move on to Rutgers now. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned, a game that IU, uh, you know, by the time it kicks off, who knows where the line will be. Uh, but it's going to be somewhere around 17, which really is unheard of for a, uh, Indiana being on the road in the Big Ten. Rutgers is bottoming out uh, as we speak. And if you're Indiana, the last thing you want to do is give them reason for optimism. Uh, you've got to set the tone early, be focused, and go in and take care of business. Get them down and they have given no indication that they're willing to fight back. Uh, they beat Texas State in the opener 35-7. to Since then, you know, 52-3 or 52 to, 3 to Ohio State, well, that's expected. No surprise there. Uh, but then they go on the road to Kansas and lose by 39 points. Uh, I'm sorry, was it 41? Good math there, 41 points. 
Then they lose at home to Buffalo, who is a, uh, I think, pretty solid MAC team. Um, I think if they played Ball State, perhaps, uh, you'd see, I think Buffalo is probably slightly better than Ball State uh, right now. But, you know, fairly comparable. And they lost to Buffalo 13-42 to at home. So it's really bottoming out. And there's nothing that they do looking at their statistical profile or watching any of their games. Nothing they do that particularly worries you as an opponent. Uh, they've got some solid players. Raheem Blackshear is a, a running back averaging 4.8 yards a carry. Uh, their top receiving target right now is their senior tight end, Jerome Washington. He's a capable He's a player, player, but none of their yeah none of their none of their receivers are uh, standing out as kind of scary. I mean, Bo Melton is probably the best of the bunch, but uh, I, personally, I don't see any of their receivers as kind of being in the top three or four of Indiana's group. Um, now that's hard to judge because the quarterback play has been bad. Uh, I mean, look. We can complain about Peyton Ramsey as IU fans uh, and his lack of uh, arm strength to get the ball down the field or on some of those out routes. Uh, But, I mean, Peyton Ramsey is so far this season is light years ahead of what Rutgers has put on the field. Uh, Art Sikowski is a freshman that, um, you know, he's being forced into action and they hope that it benefits him down the road, but he's not ready for it. He's just not seven picks to to one touchdown. Uh, He's hovering around 50% completion rate. Uh, Giovanni Rossigno is a senior that, you know, we know what he is. He's, again, just about a 50% passer. Fewer turnovers, but, I mean, nothing all that that positive. Nothing that puts the the fear of God into you. No, no, it's – I just offensively, there's not a lot that they bring to the table that should worry Indiana. This should be a very good performance for this defense. The biggest concern uh, would be that uh, Marcelino Ball is, um, you know, suspended for the first half of the game. Jacob Robinson, again, week to week, he got hurt before the Michigan State game. He was unable to go. It doesn't sound like he'll go this week either. When you say week to week, I, I would guess he won't go. Um, and you probably hope to have him back for Iowa uh, at 100%. Um, yeah. So, and then Cam Jones questionable um, after the getting injured on his interception. You know, you you got some concerns at Husky, um, but you know Rutgers is averaging just shy of 17 points a game, uh, and they played Kansas, Texas State, and Buffalo included in their game against Ohio State. So coming out of that four with just under 17 a game, that's uh, that's pretty inept. And it, it continues a trend of Chris Ash's entire tenure. They have not been good on offense under him at all. Uh, now, what's surprising is how bad their defense has been the past couple weeks. Um, you know, giving up plus 50 to Kansas and plus 40 to Buffalo, I mean, I, I didn't see that coming. I thought their defense would be better than what it has been. Um, yeah, their, so I, their strength of their their strength of their defense is in the secondary with Isaiah Wharton, right. Jake Hampton, uh, Damon Hayes, Hayes, and Avery Young. But if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, not getting tackles for loss, you could have the best secondary in the country out there, and it's not going to help uh, help anyway. So 
they don't really get pressure on the quarterback. They're starting a guy at defensive end. He's 246 pounds as a sophomore. Um, this is just a, it's a game that I think this is a more important game for IU than Michigan State game was. Uh, whether you won or lost against Michigan State, this is how you judge where IU is. Is this the IU team that goes in there, didn't know how to handle success and, and lays an egg? Um, or is is this the IU team who, who now lost a disheartening game against Michigan State? Did they take a hat to get back going and let Rutgers hang around? And, and you know, Rutgers jumped up and got – they got Purdue last year. They had two Big Ten ends yep. uh, and, and things like that. They're, so – or do you shake off that loss, go in there, take care of business, blow this team out, head to Ohio State on a high note, uh, and – end your September with four wins, which if you could get at September four wins, you're in business. And, uh, you know, if you go in, lose to the Rutgers team, you're back to being, you know, everybody says it's the same old Indiana this week. If you lose to Rutgers on the road uh, with the bad showing this week, yeah, you could start saying it's the same old Indiana again. Um, hitting three and two to Ohio State, which means you're, you're three and three, going into homecoming and it really takes all the air out of that balloon uh, for this season. And you're looking at, you know, this program might be uh, dead in the water after that. If they don't get six wins, this program's dead in the water momentum wise uh, on the field. But Rutgers is, uh, they're bad. There's no two ways around it. And Indiana's got to, you know, you got to come in with chest puff and, and ready to go. Uh, and show that you're the better better team. Uh, Rutgers is, I think they're 123rd or 126th in scoring offense. As you said, did put up their first points against Ohio State in over two seasons. Uh, that was a, a fun little prop bet that I had with a friend who uh, is an OSU alum, was whether or not Rutgers would score this year against Ohio mm-hmm. State. And then, and then, you know, you see – you see the scores against Kansas and and Buffalo. Now, Buffalo, they're a good team. It's not shocking that they won. It's shocking that they yeah. won 42-13. to 13. Uh, So, this offense, this is a game where it put them out of their misery early. Uh, I would like to see them use Michael Pex. I, I think this whole notion that you have to redshirt him, he's a freshman, is an arcane notion. It, 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 if he's if he's good enough to play against the FIU and Ball State, heck, he's good enough to play against Rutgers and get him these Big Ten road snaps and, and you know, hopefully he could put up enough points in the first half to where you could play him the entire second half, you know, keep the offense rolling and get him ready. Because I really do think if you make this a two-quarterback system that these two guys complement each other well, uh, you could stretch the field vertically with Nix. You could stretch the field horizontally with Peyton Ramsey uh, and get different weapons uh, in, in different places. So I, I don't know. I'm very, very concerned about what they're going to do with Michael Penix. I think it's a big, big time mistake. Um, if they're going to redshirt him, I think that boat sailed uh, with how he's played in the first two games. Uh, he has two games to to finagle with. Uh, but the, you need to get this game. Now, can Peyton Ramsey win this game on his own? Probably. Uh, he, uh, he's 
he, he could get the ball to his receivers. Uh, they should be able to stretch the field a little bit. Uh, I haven't looked at the weather report, but, you know, this is a game that IU should have both both facets of their offense running, which makes it easier for Ramsey uh, to throw the ball. But, man, if, if they just sit sit on the bench, you're just at, you're asking for trouble, and you're asking you, – your ceiling lowers a little bit. Uh, in terms of, of how many wins you get, and you really push uh, to get six. Whereas, you know, if you if you have a quarterback who could throw uh, up the middle and, and throw it deep up the middle, you saw it against Michigan State when Watt Fillier took that touchdown. That defense backed off a little bit, and then you could start thinking and dunking uh, with Ramsey. Uh, so, you know, those big plays uh, are important. You saw it as soon as you hit a big one, it loosens up that defense. And, you know, your mind wanders to where where that game might have gone had they been able to hit Reese Taylor on that wheel route, which is probably a walk-in touchdown unless he trips over somebody's hand or, or the turf monster gets him, uh, gives them a 7 nothing lead, and, and really makes that defense respect that throw because that's the throw that Peyton Ramsey couldn't complete last year uh, twice uh, late in the season uh, against Michigan State and and Maryland, and then it bit him again uh, last week against Michigan State. So defensively, they it's a real shame that Marcelino Ball can't play in the first half because uh, he had a monster. He can't even he, – yeah. he played for like a minute or two in the second half against Michigan State, but he had like eight tackles, a couple tackles for loss, a sack, a forced fumble. He had a monster game against Michigan State. Uh, he's back and in, rounding into form of where he was – uh, two years ago as a freshman, and now he has to sit out because of a judgment call of an official who probably doesn't know, you know, probably misinterpreted the rules uh, or threw it, uh, but didn't throw it against um, uh, against Michigan State. And I'll go one step shy of saying that somebody was in his ear yelling at him to throw the flag because uh, that might have been targeting. And, uh, yeah, it's just such a shame that now – uh, he's a little banged up husky, and, and that might be an issue. They should be okay talent-wise. The secondary is good. The defensive line should be okay, and, and the linebackers, you should be able to get pressure on on these guys. So hopefully it, it doesn't impact the game that much. But if this was a game that was a little bit more evenly matched, that's a that's a big-time loss uh, for Indiana based on, on some crummy officiating uh, that – that impacts uh, uh, the game, maybe some guys' futures uh, and and things like that. So uh, tough loss for Marcelino Ball, but otherwise Indiana's defense should be okay. Uh, and it's they put up 14 points against Kansas, 13 points against mm-hmm. Buffalo, and this wasn't even like a Khalil Mack Buffalo team. So you know Indiana should be okay this week. Uh, what is your matchup watch, TJ? But I'm interested in seeing Indiana's wide receivers and passing game uh, because I think the, you know, the play calling and the scheme and the the arm limitations of whoever's back there, quarterback, uh, plays just as big a role as the actual receiving core. But um, in terms of matchup, the receivers of Indiana against the Rutgers secondary, uh, you know, Rutgers secondary is is pretty talented in terms of. Uh, they're frontline guys, but, you know, 
they are giving up right now through four games a passer rating of uh, 148.74, which is just ridiculously bad, um, you know, for for you to give up. Now, a lot of that is probably due to the fact that, um, you know, Rutgers is unable to stop the run, so they've got to help out some on the run there. Uh, they can't rely on their front seven to do it, and then they're not getting any pressure on the passer either. Uh, so it's kind of creating some low-stress situations for the quarterback. Uh, I'm interested in how Indiana is able to get other players besides Wapsilier involved. I, I hope Luke Timian's able to go, um, you know, but if he's not 100%, you don't put him out there. Uh, you need him for, uh, you know, for, for games down the line. You can't afford to lose him long-term if he comes back too early. Uh, so I'm interested to see, you know, does Jay Sean Harris continue to to get more involved that uh, he certainly looked good uh, on Saturday night when they got him the ball. Um, Bill Year, of course, and then Nick Westbrook, Donovan Hale, uh, Ty Freifogel. You know, I want to see those guys get more involved in the attack because they're, they're big targets. Uh, Hendershot, Doris, uh, Matt Bjorsen. I mean, barely were able to look at the tight end. They had to help stay in the block. Uh, on Saturday night. So, you know, I, I want to see a more integrated passing attack, a more varied passing attack. Uh, and, and hopefully we are able to see that because if, you know, if I use not going to be able to use uh, the receiver core to the, the full potential that they have, uh, I think you're leaving points on the board long-term yeah, uh, over the course of the season, not necessarily it's Rutgers because, Honestly, Stevie Scott should be able to run the ball for, you know, 100, 150 yards. Ronnie Walker gets some more uh, get some more carries. Um, those guys should be able to have a nice game. I'm not worried about that. Uh, but what you're looking for is for Indiana to establish themselves, uh, take control of this game, and then you're looking to build for the rest of the season. That's, that's what you're looking at. That's not to say IU can, you know, worry about that right off the start. You've got to make sure you win this game first and foremost. Uh, but if IU takes care of business, those are the things we're going to be looking for. You know, what other receivers can step up and be a big part of this attack as they head into more, uh, you know, more games that are much more like Michigan State as opposed to, uh, you know, a game against a Ball State. Yeah, and, and they have to start using Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale. They're two of the better receivers in the conference. Uh, they they have not been used uh, recently no. uh, to their full potential, and you know it, it's got to be frustrating for them. Uh, two guys who who have had big games in the past. Donovan Hales looked good early in the season, uh, just not getting the ball catching opportunities or targets uh, that they need to um, to to. To get stuff done, so you know that, that's a good matchup to watch. I, I'll try and go something different. Uh, I, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. Indiana against themselves. Uh, this is a game where you got to get things right. Uh, this is a you, you can't make mental mistakes on defense. You can't let you know let jet sweeps go for for 70 yards. You can't throw pick sixes. You can't give up you know fake field goals for touchdowns and things like that. So. You know, with all due respect to Rutgers, the more important thing, Indiana, if Indiana plays their, their A game, they should have no problem. 
and that's what they need to focus focus on their A game. Get guys in the right positions. No stupid penalties. Uh, no silly, you know, calls on special teams, things like that. Uh, shank kicks, blocking errors in, in field goal protection, things like that. Play a clean game. So it's Indiana versus themselves. It's my matchup to watch. Uh, heading into uh, heading into records prediction time, TJ. What is your prediction for Saturday? I think IU wins this comfortably. I don't think it will be a complete laugher. Um, I'm going to go with Indiana. Uh, what I read down here, 41. Uh, so two field goals, which you know, kudos to, to Logan Justice as well. He hit uh, two 35-yard field goals uh, Saturday night and. Um, had no problems with them at all. They look good. Uh, so, you know, props to him, and hopefully that continues. And then Indiana can get some confidence in that kicking game. I think he hits two more field goals. IU gets on the board for five touchdowns, uh, gets 41. Rutgers gets 17. So 41 to 17, uh, the Hoosiers win and cover, but I don't think it will be a complete blowout. All right. I, I said 210. Uh, Tom Allen's not the kind of guy who's going to run up the score of teams. Uh, it, it's just his nature and, and take it for what it is. I just hope that they play well and, and don't take their foot off. I guess I'm not saying you're going to throw 70 yard bombs if you're up by 30, 30 points, but get out of your, your game plan uh, until the final gun show that you can put, you know, you want to finish games, put four quarters together uh, against Rutgers. I think Rutgers does get on the board at some point. 42-10 is mine. My prediction comfortable win for IU. Wash out that sour taste from Michigan State a little bit. End September on a high note with four wins. Uh, you head into a brutal October where you're playing Ohio State, Iowa, uh, Penn State, and then have to go on a short week to Minnesota uh, where you hope – Maybe you could squeeze out two wins, uh, you know, in that group where you could also be looking at one win or no wins uh, if things break the wrong way. But getting getting this fourth win, heading into homecoming with a, a guaranteed winning record uh, against an Iowa team who I think is pretty beatable, and you're you're in good shape. So take care of business. Don't take your foot off the gas. 42-10, uh, Indiana. All right, TJ, thanks for joining us uh, for the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll we'll talk to people on uh, next Monday. All right, that does it for the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, this week, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football uh, news. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Don't forget, bingo cards are available every Friday on Twitter. Don't forget to send your winning bingo cards in. Send your information, DM them to at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter. Email them to the Hoosier Huddle at gmail.com so we can get your name entered in for a raffle for the Vintage Brands uh, Canvas at the end of the season. Thank you guys for joining us. Indiana and Rutgers kicks off at noon on Big Ten Network. Check your local local listings. Make sure uh, to check the overflow channels as well. And we'll be back next week to preview, wrap up Indiana Rutgers, and preview Indiana at Ohio State.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.